Hello and welcome to the Seems Legit Podcast, hosted by your favorite craft beer drinking, whiskey sipping, bourbon appreciating, sushi eating, steak craving, speedo wearing, tall like it is, poker playing guitarist, the dude himself, the dude Sonny D. I want to thank you all so much for tuning into this episode of the Seems Legit Podcast. Also, if you aren't already doing so, please follow me on both Twitter and Instagram at the dude Sonny D. All right. We have a uh, U- another UFC in the books. Now, I didn't really talk about the last UFC. Kind of got away from me there. It seemed like everybody else uh, was doing that. Pardon me for me. So, uh, why uh, there's so much good content out there. Well, I shouldn't say good, not necessarily, but there's there's a lot of content out there. There was a lot of content out there talking about it. The John Jones, Dominic Reyes uh, pay-per-view. And I guess to touch on that quickly, uh, Do- John Jones won. Uh, defended his title again in what I thought was actually a very interesting but well-fought championship fight. And what I mean by that is kind of the following. John Jones made Dominic Reyes work to try and win. And Dominic Reyes was game. He brought it, arguably won the first round. I mean, that was his best round. Uh, if, If there was a round to give him... I would say it was the first round. But after that, it was interesting. The scores read out 49-46, 48-47, and 48-47. As soon as you hear a four-round win, you kind of have an idea now who has won the fight because it would be hard to imagine someone saying Reyes won four out of the rounds. A lot of people and a lot of the instant commentary afterwards was all about how Reyes had done better and any judge that was scoring it and gave it four rounds to Jones must have been out of their mind. Who could score it that way? As I watched it the next morning. John Jones, in my opinion, did win four rounds. Dominic Reyes looked very good for the first 10 to 15 seconds of rounds two through five. Inclusive. But that was kind of it. That was where the excitement for me kind of ended with Dominic Reyes in each of the rounds. And John Jones took over for the next 4 minutes and 45 seconds, 4 minutes and 50 seconds. And even in his post-fight assessment, when he's kind of shut it down, it's been like, look, I won the fight, get over it, we all need to move on with our lives. He brings up a very interesting point, and that's this. He, He broke it down. Look, I controlled the octagon, I landed the takedowns, I controlled the pace, and at the end of the day, you have to beat the champion to become the champion. I did win this fight, and I agree 100% with that assessment. He did what he needed to do to win the fight. He is the champion. It is not his job to go out there and take it to the challenger. Oh, he has to go out and defeat the challenger. No, 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 no. Challenger has to beat the champion. The challenger did not do that. The problem becomes is when you start wanting these rematches and you start seeing immediate rematches being granted, especially in losing causes, especially to fighters that weren't champion to begin with. It started with Steven Wonderboy Thompson a little while ago. I guess now a couple of years. And Wonderboy got himself a title shot or a rematch because he lost by majority draw. What that means is we're not disputing whether he lost the fight or not when it's a majority draw. We're full-blown accepting the fact that, yes, Stephen Thompson lost this fight. We're measuring degrees of losing. 
And basically when it's a majority draw loss, it's kind of leaves a little bit of a doubt. I don't know that it does because again, I don't know that it means you won. I don't know that it means you took it to the champion. I think it just means that was a little close, but no, you did not get the job done. And considering the one score that wasn't a draw was for the champion Tyron Woodley, a defeat's a defeat. But Wonderboy got his rematch. And you start to see this trend in the UFC a little bit, and in mixed martial arts and in combat sports, where, yes, let's put a rematch together. And whilst there's a lot of talk about putting a rematch together, and yes, Reyes looked good, he looked very good, I don't know that, A, from a pure fight standpoint, that's the next fight for John Jones. I really don't. I think you have Jan Blachowicz, I think is how his name is pronounced. Jan Blachowicz um, is next in line. I think you should move on. I think what happens when you start having these rematches, especially when it's a challenger that lost and gets an immediate rematch, it really stagnates the division. I think in terms of light heavyweight fights, Blachowicz is the next fight. I think if you look beyond heavyweight, there are also some interesting matchups. Does John Jones see himself moving up and fighting either Stipe or DC? I mean, if DC beats Stipe, how does he not kind of want to stick around and have that big money fight? I don't know. If Stipe wins, I mean, who does he does does he want the big money payday? Does John Jones want to step up and fight? The biggest fight is the one that's looming. We're going to get right into that, which is a result of this past weekend. And that's the Israel Adesanya-John Jones fight. John Jones has done his part. We had talked about this before on the podcast here, where we said, look, the big fight to event to get to quick, to get to in the kind of nearish future across all the divisions of all active fighters is John Jones-Israel Adesanya. But they had to do their parts. They had to get there. They had to get us to that fight. John Jones has done his part. He has gotten us there. And after this weekend, guess what? Israel Adesanya has kind of done his part as well. From a fight perspective, from a fight, you know, purist standpoint, it might not be the immediate next fight. I could see arguments that, you know what, there are contenders in both divisions respectively, middleweight and light heavyweight, that deserve fights. I could see that the champions do uh, have challengers ahead of them. But also, the grass is green right now. The sun's hot. The time is right. We've seen too many times in the past where you sit on these dream matchups, these super fights, and then something happens that prevents it from coming into fruition. And sometimes not even super fights. Look at Tony Ferguson and Khabib, how many years they've been trying to make this fight, right? So I think when you look at it from a business standpoint, from a ticket sales, from a fan standpoint, from an entertainment standpoint, Adesanya and Jones have done theirs to get to this fight. Do you maybe have it at a catch weight? I don't know. I don't know that John Jones needs to be catch-weighting anybody. I think his legacy speaks for itself. I think when you look at what John Jones' body of work is, the title fights, and I mean, essentially, there's a there's a case to be made that he could go have that loss on his record removed and put to a no contest. Because in, tr- in all honesty, he has not lost a fight. It was a DQ because of what appeared to be a questionable elbow, but he was dominating that fight. So, 
John Jones is essentially an undefeated rock star of a champion who has just crushed his opponents. You know, he has the one loss, and it was to, uh, oh, God, what's his name? Um, Matt something. Uh, it was a deaf fighter, Matt. Drawing a blank now on his name, but regardless, uh, Matt Hamill. He lost to Matt Hamill. Matt Hamill's greatest accomplishment, probably in mixed martial arts, in terms of just his pure win-loss record, is that victory over John Jones. Uh, however, other than the one no contest that was an which was a win overturned because of uh, banned substance or whatever it was, John Jones is essentially undefeated. Nobody has beaten John Jones, and nobody's really come that close to beating John Jones. Yes, there's been moments where people have looked good. Yeah, there's been times when it looks like he's been in a little bit of danger. But nobody's taken it to D to John Jones. Nobody's beaten John Jones. John Jones does not have to make catchweight fights for anybody. Let's be very, very, very clear on that. John Jones has long put himself past the need to be um, catchweighting. So yes, Adesanya is coming up to 205 if they make that fight. He's not, John Jones doesn't have to come down to 185. Adesanya is coming up. Adesanya is an interesting case because he's kind of done at middleweight what Conor McGregor kind of did. Broke out onto the scene, put his money where his mouth was, and has just obliterated the competition. Just obliterated them. However, is he going to be smaller than Jones? Absolutely. Is he going to be as strong as Jones? Probably not. Does he have youth on his side? A little bit. Israel Asanya is 30, whereas John Jones is 32. So that age difference doesn't um, amount to that much. Now, 32. D big difference there could be, however, Adesanya's professional kickboxing record of 75 and 5, lest we forget. As a professional boxer, 5 and 1. As a mixed martial artist, 19 and 0. He's no slouch. He is no slouch. And on the feet, he most likely will be John Jones's biggest test. And why shouldn't we see that fight? What happens if Israel Asanya goes in there against Paulo Costa and loses? I mean, people might say, well, then there you go. Maybe Costa's are no no no. Costa is not does not have the resume to get a John Jones fight. Not yet. But why would you? potentially have something get in the way of the big money fight so what i'm going to say right now here on the seems legit podcast big bold prediction the next fight for both of those two from a business standpoint and watch they're going to try and do it i don't know if they'll do it in the summer the only thing getting in the way of this right now is this whole coronavirus thing which by the way almost everywhere you turn there's something upsetting on the news about this whole coronavirus stock markets are down badly Oh my word, are they fucking bad this today? I think the TSX is down 10% today. Holy shit, is that not good? TSX is down. So people don't be looking, don't go looking at your money necessarily. Not the best idea. Um, save your pennies. Uh, hopefully, and you know what? At the end of the day, we'll see how this pans out, right? It's, I mean, there are some conversations to maybe be having with your professional financial advisor, of course, but that's a different topic. We're not going to get into that. But nonetheless, every news is bad. People are getting sick. Stock markets are down. It's it's, it's crazy out there. But if this clears up, mark my words, 
John Jones very well could be facing Israel Adesanya defending his belt this year. If they announce that there's a vaccine or something for this uh, coronavirus, John Jones, Israel Adesanya is the fight to book. That is your big money fight. And yes, you, if it, I think if this clears up soon, yeah, you could see it for fight week. I don't think they have any main events to, um, to, um, as of right now for fight week. But again, you very much have a, a chance there of seeing a huge fight fight week or in the fall. I don't see it dragging out till New Year's. I would imagine they'll want both fighters moving on. And at that point, you might very well have a Conor McGregor title fight in some manner there as well uh, by uh, the end of the year. So I would imagine Conor, the way they're kind of pacing things, it's to line up a title fight for Conor towards the end of the year. So John Dozan would be kind of that September, I would imagine, um, fight card, which will be huge. Absolutely huge in Vegas, uh, especially considering we're going to have another big boxing fight, the Deontay Wilder-Tyson Fury trilogy fight. Didn't see the uh, the second fight, so can't really comment, but from what I understand, um, basically Fury outboxed Wilder. There was something clearly going on with Wilder, but Fury is the technical boxer. Wilder's got the knockout power, but Fury's going to box you. And if, you, if there's something wrong with you, that's when those technical boxers have their best chance but nonetheless back to the ufc that's those are the two big fights you're going to see in this summer now provided they get out of that fight and let's say jones beats out asanya yes i truly believe the next fight there is john jones versus john blachowicz and or blachowicz i'm not sure how it would be pronounced if you want to get technical um and israel asana versus paulo costa which again leads me now into recapping a little bit and discussing what happened this past weekend. Yoel Romero has long been one of the most feared fighters at middleweight. Essentially having won every fight at middleweight that isn't a title fight. He couldn't get past Robert Whitaker, and that was there were some questions there, right? There was some questionable judging, and people might have scored it for him, and I think that's why he remains such a threat, and coming back and still beating the shit out of everybody he fights since... Yes, I see how there is still this kind of aura of dominance about uh, Yoel Romero. I get it. 100%. Yoel Romero, as such, when Paulo Costa had to pull out of a title fight with um, Adesanya, was the next in line. Nobody's really lining up to fight Yoel Romero. I don't even know if Costa would be lining up necessarily to get a rematch with uh, Romero. But nonetheless, Adesanya said, fuck it. I want on my, on my resume that I beat uh Romero they took the fight and he chewed the shit out of his leg man did he beat it up kick after kick and having seen some pictures after the fight of Yoel Romero's legs man did he do a number on Romero's leg without a doubt but in what was a very 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 bizarre fight with very little to no action we had Adesanya walk away from the fight and now be ready for the John Jones fight He's good to go. I would imagine very little damage. I mean, he took a couple of big shots. Don't get me wrong from um, from Romero. And yeah, you want to give your head and stuff a chance to heal up. But relatively unscathed, which was a very bizarre way for Yoel Romero to take the fight, seeing as how he was the challenger. Yoel Romero stood in there and even in the post-fight felt this entitlement and acted with this entitlement 
of somehow it has to be Adesanya that brings it to him. And you're saying, oh, if you wanted to see run, go uh, watch Usain Bolt. Adesanya ran from me. You got to take it to the champ. I'm sorry, but you're still the fucking challenger. There was zero belt around your waist if you're Yoel Romero. Zero belt. Not a belt to be seen. The only belt would have been that on his suit. That's it. No UFC championship belt. And he wants to say that Adesanya was the one running. Well, then press the fucking action. Yoel Romero has nobody to blame for this loss other than Yoel Romero. That's reality of how this fight played out. Yoel Romero went in there and essentially disappointed. The craziest thing, though, was because of how the action played out, there could have been a way that Romero still snuck out a decision. And I remember a look on us, look that he had after the fight of just, fuck, I better not have lost my belt this way. I mean, yes, I think there would have been an immediate rematch between those two, for sure. Romero was not getting the John Jones fight if he had um, defeated Adesanya, especially in that manner. Had he come out there and blasted Adesanya's head off and, and won by knockout, then yeah, yeah, I could see Romero asking and getting the John Jones fight, for sure. But not under these circumstances. No, 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 no. Adesanya was getting a rematch. Adesanya was probably going to come in that rematch angry and whoop his ass. It was no way a challenger should win a fight. That is not how championships should be uh, lost. So yes, I was happy that Adesanya t went away with the win. It was a lackluster fight, but that was on Yoel Romero. And I can understand the frustration with Yoel, with everybody towards Yoel Romero coming out of this. And the crazy thing too is that 42 years old and essentially this world crusher as a fighter, where do you go now with Yoel Romero? Because now the problem is Yoel Romero could still feasibly beat everybody in that division and quite possibly could still, if he actually engaged Adesanya, Beat Israel Adesanya. Has he priced himself now out of a UFC gig? I'm not wishing his departure from the UFC or anything, but I could see a situation here where the UFC says, you know what? We're no longer in the Yoel Romero business. I could see how they say, you know what? It's just not good business for us to have Yoel around and then uh, put the kibosh on Yoel. I could see it. 100%. Yoel is going to cost a lot financially, and rightfully so, he's earned that. But also in terms of the talent and the talent depth, it's hard to have contenders when you have one or two guys that just are beating the shit out of everyone. We were seeing that a little while ago in the light heavyweight. It wasn't so long ago that there was a three-person race in the light heavyweight division in the UFC. John Jones, Daniel Cormier, and Anthony Rumble Johnson were beating everybody. It was a three-way dance at the top of that division. And not by a little bit. We can say whatever we want. It's true about Alex Gustafson. His biggest accomplishments in the UFC have essentially been title fight losses. I don't know that there's a spot in the Hall of Fame for that. I really don't know. 
I think he'll go down and be remembered as a great fighter. A fighter who brought it. I don't think he goes down as an all-time great. And it's because of that. When your greatest accomplishment is lo- are losses, you don't go down and you don't get in the hall. I'm sorry. So that's how that plays out. Another big thing from this uh, past weekend was the women's championship fight. I think it was a strawweight title between Wiley Zhang or Zhang Wiley. I'm not sure the order in which it's pronounced versus uh, none other than Yo- former champion Joanna Yedjechik. Uh Sadly for Joanna, this was a yet another uh, title fight loss, uh, which puts her in a very precarious position uh, career-wise. There's an opportunity here for Joanna to maybe ride off into the sunset. I could see a situation where maybe she's had an, where she decides to seek greener pastures in a different fight organization, some fight, new challenges, maybe chance to capture a belt and some glory over there at a different promotion. Um, and I don't want this fight to tarnish her legacy. In my opinion, this fight solidified just how tough Joanna is. And how she will go down as one of the greats. And there's a Hall of Fame spot waiting for Joanna Yedjechik. Period. Joanna Yedjechik, or Joanna Champion, uh, as she what used to be called, is one of the greatest uh, female fighters of all time. Her face and head were badly busted up and deformed this weekend. And she marched forward and put on a fight and made it close there were arguments to be made either way. I think the judges at the end of the day did get it right. As much as I love Joanna, I think Zhang did pull it off. And again, the, a lot of the commentary was, is how there's a situation there and there's an argument to be made for an immediate rematch. I would like to see, if if Rose Namajunas gets past Jessica Andrade, I would like to see maybe Rose Namajunas get the next title shot. I like divisions to keep moving. I really do. And as I said, I I don't know where Yoana goes here, but it's going to be a long time before we see Yoana Yajajic fight again. I don't think we see Yoana Yajajic fight in 2020 again. Period. Not after that. Not after that fight. No, no. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. Not after that fight. That is just not happening. Uh, so we'll see. We will have to see how this plays out. Um, as I said, I think the winner of Andrade versus uh, Nami Yunus, that's probably next for Wiley. But again, we'll see. But I think that kind of puts us where we're at now in the UFC. The next big event, of course, is going to be the Ferguson versus Khabib fight. Um, with Ferguson, again, just kind of getting... You know, I don't want to say anything about the guy, um, but, I mean, he's a different cat. That's for sure. And uh, I think it's going to be for an in- make for a very interesting fight. It's going to be very interesting to see what the next move for the UFC is with Conor McGregor. I do think that is why they are heavily waiting to see how this fight plays out. I do see a Ferguson versus McGregor fight. Uh, if... Um, Ferguson uh, gets past Khabib. I also could see if Khabib loses a Fergus uh, Khabib versus Connor rematch, a non-title title eliminator, and maybe that's when Justin Gaethje gets his title fight. I think the UFC has been very strategic here in the lightweight division in waiting to see what is going to happen with Tony Ferguson and Khabib Nurmagomedov. 
The Khabib that beat up Donald Cerrone looked good. Very good. That was a very different Conor McGregor than we saw. Sorry, not the Khabib that beat up uh, Donald Cerrone. The Conor that beat up Conor. Um, that beat up uh, Cerrone. That Conor McGregor looked good. That was a very different Conor McGregor than fought Khabib the first time. So I think there's a lot of interesting opportunities here in the UFC. But I look forward to this Khabib versus Ferguson fight. I think stylistically they both have ways in which they could beat each other. It'll be interesting to see how this fight plays out. I think it's going to be a very exciting fight. Um, I'm far more excited for this one. as a, And hopefully... I mean, it's a good rebound fight after this Adesanya-Romero fight. Uh, that was a disaster. And from a UFC standpoint, that's a pay-per-view disaster. Uh, but nonetheless, I think we can leave it there uh, for now in our UFC talk. Um, and as I said, I think things have played out kind of the way they were going to play out. Um, doors have now been opened for the bigger picture opportunities that I think the UFC wanted, that the fans might have wanted. So we'll see how those play out. Anyway... I thank you so much for tuning into this episode of the Seems Legit Podcast. Uh, I also want to thank you guys all again for the continued and growing support here on the Seems Legit Podcast. Really, it means the world to me. Um, just a reminder out there to be safe, um, be cognizant, um, be very careful with travel um, when you're out in public, uh, making sure to avoid um, any possible ways of spreading or contracting the virus. Uh, it's a very scary time. I think the thing that's scary right now is what we don't know versus what we do know. And um, as such, with all this uncertainty, with all these rash things happening, it has been a bad day for the markets. Um, pay attention, you know, so just keep that in mind that, you know, these things do happen. Uh, but nonetheless, uh, just be careful out there. Remember, wash your hands, um, which is something that is interesting. I've seen a lot of commentary on this, and I think it's very accurate. It's a little startling that it took a virus like this to remind people that washing their hands is a good thing. Uh, but nonetheless, wash your hands. Be careful out there. Um, but anyway, enjoy. Uh, keep living your life. Uh, anyway, I thank you so much for tuning in this episode. Uh, remember, if you aren't already doing so, please follow me on both Twitter and Instagram at the dude Sunny D. I thank you so much for tuning in this episode of the Seems Legit Podcast. Take care and bye bye for now.